Hello, everybody, and welcome to the NBA's Big 30. I hope you're having a great day. I just came back from summer break, and I wanted to do a banger to start Season 2 off. Yes, I am officially starting Season 2. On Spotify, it will still be under Season 1, but the off-season pods are over. Without further ado, let's get started. Wait, wait, you forgot about me. Oh, shoot. Today, we also have Max Dennis, a Lakers camp invitee, a Lakers superfan, and a Laker at heart. In fact, the Lakers should definitely take you in the 2028 draft. How was the camp? Did you get to meet any players? Thanks, Yash. The Lakers camp was super fun. I met retired Lakers players such as Byron Scott, AC Green, Michael Cooper, and Hall of Famer James Worthy. I even got an autographed ball by AC Green. That's sick. What'd you even do in the camp? Well, Yash, first I did a combine the first day, kind of like the NBA draft. We did drills such as three-quarter court sprint, vertical leap, and shuttle sprints. Then we had scrimmaging for which team we would be drafted to. I was lucky to be drafted fourth overall by my team. Then it was mostly games competing against other teams, drill work, and special appearances by staff and players. That's so cool. Bro, I wish I could go to Lakers camp. But today, Max, we are going to dive into the most interesting mediocrity in the league right now. Today, we are going to talk about the Washington Wizards. Oh boy. Yeah, that's right. We're going to cover the previous Wizards era, the trades, the new roster, the in-season tournament, and, as usual, we'll have a special segment at the end. So without further ado, let's hop in. Well, Max, since this is a Washington Wizards episode, we do have to cover how mid they were for the past few years. I mean, let's just go over this. In 2018, 32 and 50. 2019, 25 and 47. And 2020 was a little better, 34 and 38. But that was a bubble season as well as 2019. And then in 2021, in 82 games, they went 35 and 47. As well as in 2022, they went 35 and 47 again. Max, this team is just not getting better. Since 2010, they've won 44.3% of the time. That's it. I mean, what do you have to say about the Wizards just being so mid over the past few years? Well, honestly, I think it's just luck at this point because. They've had injuries with John Wall and Bradley Beal. Then they brought in Porzingis. He was all right, but that didn't really work out with them. So honestly, it's been a big bust the past five years, in my opinion. And right now, they just need to start fresh and make a whole new rebuild. I agree with you 100%. Bradley Beal, over the past five years, has still been good. I mean, he averaged 27 points, 5.5 assists, and 4.6 rebounds. Porzingis last season averaged 22.9 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 2.7 assists, while Kuzma averaged 19.1 points, 7.9 rebounds, and 3.6 assists. However, this just does not seem to be enough. All championship caliber teams, even good playoff caliber teams, need to have depth, and the Wizards, 
They've just been mid, with no depth to support their stars over the past few years. They've made multiple moves, but none of them have added any meaning to the roster. After trying to run it back last year and giving Bradley Beal his contract extension, they finally made the right choice to rebuild. Well, what do you have to say about Beal's extension? Well, Yash, I think Beal's extension was... It was uh, okay because I think... Did he really think he was going to be good on the the Wizards? I don't think so because you just can't... You can't stay on one team because we've seen that from Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Beal signed for five years and $250 million. At the time, that was the biggest contract in NBA history, going to Bradley Beal. But then again, I mean, we're seeing like Jalen Brown getting $300 million for five years, and Jalen Brown isn't exactly a top-tier player either. I mean, with Jason Tatum by his side, he's just a number two. So, let's talk about this trade. Um, I'm just going to read it off to you right now, and then we'll cover it. So, uh, the first trade that the Suns, uh, that the Wizards made was Bradley Beal and Jordan Goodwin, Isaiah Todd, and they sent them to the Suns to get Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and six second-round picks and four first-round pick swaps. In my opinion, this trade had no value. What do you think about it? Well, I think the Wizards have finally seen that they're not a really good playoff contender. So I think they're just trying to get as many picks as they can for the future. And they ended up not keeping Chris Paul anyway, so I don't know why that was a big deal. But they did pick up a pretty good shooter in Landry Shamit. Otherwise, that's pretty much it. I mean, do you think that they're going to flip Landry Shamit? I mean, he is a good veteran, but at the same time, they have veteran presence from other trades, as we'll see soon. Landry Shamit could really excel with a different team where he could also start ring chasing. So do you think that they're going to flip him? I think they just might, but we'll have to see how he performs and if he likes it or not coming this season. Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul, like you said, has already been flipped to the Washington, to the Golden State Warriors. And he, they traded Chris Paul for Patrick Baldwin Jr., Jordan Poole, Ryan Rollins, a 2027 second-round draft pick, and a 2030 protected first-round draft pick. What do you think about that trade? Well, I thought that was a really bad move for Golden State because I think they traded a bright young star in Jordan Poole for an old man. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, Jordan Poole, everybody's talking about how bad he was last season. And yes, he was bad. He had 20 empty points on horrible efficiency. But let's just see what else the Wizards are trying to do here to build around him. So the Wizards also engaged in a three-team trade with the Boston Celtics and Memphis Grizzlies. And this sent Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics, Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies. And guess what? Out of all of that, the Wizards got Tyus Jones. And as part of the deal, uh, Memphis did give Boston a first-round pick, and they gave Boston a future first-round pick as well. And all Washington got from that besides for Tyus Jones was the 35th pick and Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscal. Also, they traded Monte Morris of the Pistons for a future second-round pick, and they re-signed Kyle Kuzma for $102 million. I mean, do you think that Kyle, the Kyle Kuzma resign is really going to help them, like, rebuild? Well, it depends on how Kyle Kuzma performs. 
either they think that with all their picks and their young talent that they might be a contender in four or five years, or they're just trying to build around Kuzma. If I were Kuzma, I would look off to see more money in the next two years because 102 million four years, I would I wouldn't expect that accept that for his talent. Uh, I mean, like Kuzma, really though, is he really that good? Because Kyle Kuzma is already 28 years old. He's no young, no no longer that young player that we saw on the Lakers. I mean, Kyle Kuzma is good, but at the same time, a lot of his stats are just empty stats. It kind of feels like Kyle Kuzma is just one of those players who just kind of hangs around there at that mid-level. Yes, they're not trash, but they're also not at that all-star jump that they need to make. I do think that the Wizards re-signing Kyle Kuzma for $102 million actually was a little bit much. And it was over four years, which means Kuzma's going to be making like t- plus of $25 million each year. He's going to be making nearly as much as Jordan Poole. And we all know how fat Jordan Poole's contract is. Um, but other than that, what do you think about them trading Chris Tapps Porzingis for basically nothing except for Tyus Jones? Well, Josh, that's just a sign of rebuilding right there. I mean, you traded a 7-3 really good player that can shoot, he can finish, he can play defense. And I think at this point they're just trying to rebuild and start fresh because Porzingis and Beal and Kuzma got him nowhere last year. That is true. Yeah, honestly, Tyus Jones, again, isn't that young, but I do think that he'll be a great mentor to Jordan Poole and start helping Jordan Poole, like, develop that playmaking side of him. After all, Tyus Jones was one of the best backup point guards in the NBA last season, and he was up there for the most assists overall in that season. Um, But now, let's just talk about the Wizards roster and how it's going to look in the upcoming season. Well, Max, now it's time to look at this Wizards roster and see, are they really ready to contend in the next few years? I mean, we're not sure how long the Wizards are trying to prolong this rebuild, and the roster is a little confusing. Why don't you start us off? What player would you like to talk about first? Well, I would like to talk about Daniel Gafford because I feel like he has a lot of pressure on him because of the Bradley Beal and Chris of Porzingis trade. So he really needs to step up and take Porzingis's place in being a, like a good role model center, but not the star player. We He needs to be like a guy that could probably get you a double-double every game. Yeah, and I think that Daniel Gafford has already been trying to like get us a double-double every game. But like at the same time, I do agree with you that he... When Porzingis is gone, Porzingis was also grabbing a lot of boards, as we saw and talked about his stats earlier. With Porzingis gone, Gafford is going to need to take over on that end. I mean, Kyle Kuzma, who we'll talk about in just a second, is really not helping too much on the rebounding aspect of things. Kuzma may be big, but he's really not a built rebounder, and Kuzma is never going for those boards. But speaking about him, I mean, let's just break down his game a little bit. I think it's really changed since he's came into the league. I mean, he's a good shooter. He's got, like, great finishing. And um, I do think that a lot of his points are empty stats. But I think that Kuzma is, like, it could be that veteran presence. And maybe maybe was worth that money going forward. What do you think about Kyle Kuzma? I definitely agree with you with the rebounding part. Because, like you said, he has the size and 
build to do it, but he just, his mentality is score, 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 shooting guard, shooting guard, you know? He's like the star player. So I think that him and Jordan Poole, they can be a good duo together if they make it work in the next two years. Otherwise, I don't know why they traded for Jordan Poole. I mean, like, looking at this team, the defense, the defense is is like barely there. If they run Tyus Jones, Poole, Avdia, Kuzma, and Gafford all together, the only defense there is from Denny Avdia, but Denny Avdia needs to build into his role. What do you think about Denny Avdia? I mean, I know he's like a really raw prospect, but it's been a few years at this and at this point Wizards fans are wanting him to take that next step. Well, I feel like that He's a, I think he's a good overall player, and if he just keeps developing his skills, I think he could be, like, I think he could be a Kyle Kuzma, but a better defender. I feel like he has potential, but he needs to work up to that potential, you know? I mean, he has that wingspan, right? And I think a lot of unnecessary pressure was on Amdia when he entered the league, like, kind of how, like, DeAndre Hunter, when DeAndre Hunter of the Hawks entered the league, he was immediately compared, and people said that he was going to be the next Kawhi Leonard. I mean, that's a big step to take. And with Danny Avdia, there were plenty of superstar comparisons as well. But enough about Danny. Now, it's time to talk about the man that we've all been waiting for, Jordan Poole. Last year, Poole had 20.4 points per game, 4.5 assists per game, and 2.7 rebounds. Not bad stats. Horrible, 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 horrible efficiency. Poole shot so much and made so less. What do you think about Jordan Poole? What's your overall take on him? I think that players such as Tyus Jones should help Jordan Poole lower his ego because as we saw in the playoffs, taking that 30-footer against the Lakers facing elimination was awful. But we're not talking, let's not talk about his stats and how he's going to shine. I want to talk about his emotions, how he's feeling right now because... As you saw in the Warriors, when he got drafted, he was smiling, he was having fun, he was dripping the ball around, but now he's not smiling, he's more serious. So maybe this trade maybe kind of slapped him into reality and told yeah. him and, and like woke him up and maybe that matured him and this could probably change this for the rest of his life. Yeah, honestly, maybe this could even be for the better. I mean, it really looked like in his introduction pictures with the Wizard, Wizards, he looked really, really sad. And you can see, it looked like the man hadn't shaved in days. I mean, Jordan Poole seemed really devastated and disappointed after being traded to the Warriors, even though on Twitter he seemed to take it nicely. I don't think that Jordan Poole really expected this trade. But maybe that just means he'll grow into it faster. And I do think that Tyus Jones will be a good mentor for Poole. How do you think that Tyus Jones is going to fare on this Wizards team? I feel like like coming from a backup point point guard position that you'll have to he'll have to step it up definitely but I think he'll be fine I think the coaches will believe in him I think the players will believe in him he is a good player he just needs to play like how he has been playing on Memphis just you know maybe a couple more assists or a couple more points or a little more hustle plays here and there I definitely think he would be a good fit for this team yeah Tyus Jones is like in my opinion Tyus Jones is the ultimate teammate because he does a little bit of everything. He sets up his teammates for good opportunities. He sets himself up for good opportunities and he really is fine with whatever role he is given into. So honestly, I am happy for Tyus Jones that he's able to get the starting role and he's able to 
um, hopefully thrive in the starting role. But now, we need to talk about the slightly, well, very much uglier part of this Wizards team. Let's talk about the other units and the other parts of this Wizard team. We just covered the starting lineup, but who else is on this team? Well, for starters, let's talk about that rookie who I am having a lot of trouble pronouncing his name. Bailao Koala Bali is how I think you say it. Uh, what do you think about this guy? Well, I think he has a lot of potential because when he was playing for with Victor Wembanyama in the Metropolitan's 92 game, there were actually NBA scouts, NBA scouts there, but not to watch him, to watch Victor. And once Bilal saw this opportunity, he he did his thing and he flashed his moves. He scored points. He almost outshined Victor. So that's how the NBA scout, scouts caught his eye. And he's a really good defender, tall. He has a good wingspan. So if the Wizards train him right, I think he could be a very good player in the future, just like Victor. I do 100% agree with you, but unlike Victor, Bailal is not helping anybody win now, which is why I do think it's a great choice of the Wizards to draft him, because he looks like a project player. He's been trained in France, and he's never really learned the proper ways of training, and I do think that if he's able to be exposed to those kind of things, that he will prosper. But what do you think about taking him at the 7th overall pick? Doesn't that seem a little high for you? I definitely caught that off guard watching the NBA draft, but after seeing his highlight and his accolades, I think that, you know what, we will give him a chance. I want to see this kid play. Yeah, I agree with you. But talking about players who were drafted high and, well, some of them did not live up to expectations, let's talk about Johnny Davis. I mean, last year, Johnny Davis was drafted with the 10th overall pick, I believe, and everybody expected a lot out of him. But really, we haven't heard his name in anything, like, since he was drafted. What do you think about Johnny? Well, I think he's okay. I haven't really heard of much about him in the past. But I feel like he could definitely improve his shooting. If he improves his shooting, I feel like he could have a solid role on this team. Yeah, I I do agree with you. But not too much about the shooting part. But I do agree with you that, like, I mean... No, we haven't heard his name anywhere, so I guess it's alright to not know too much about him, but I think that Johnny, uh, coming out of college, he was known as, like, a top-tier, like, top-tier scorer, like, overall, not just with this shooting, but with everything, and I think that if he's given a bigger role, um, and if he's given more of a chance to, you know, kind of do what Jordan Poole did, you know, just chuck up 30-footers, maybe he'll find himself, right, because he... he to Jordan Poole you know he has that build and he has he had that want right but earlier in Poole's career Poole did not get that opportunity and neither did Davis but hopefully the Wizards are able to go the right way with him and are able to foster that scoring ability and make him into like a great player but enough about Johnny Davis we've got a lot of players to cover here so let's talk about Corey Kispert I mean he's the team's sniper but only sometimes what do you think about Kispert well, in college, I thought he was a very good shooter. He was definitely spot up, but I feel like that's his only role in the NBA right now, just spot up. I was a spot up shooter for a little bit, but once I started developing other skills, that made me a much better player. So I feel like if they do the same with Corey Kisper, he could definitely take that starting spot maybe over Danny Avdia. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, Kisper is, he's good, but he could be better. And I think that's what we say about a lot of players. But in reality, I can see this guy's potential. I think we all can. And I think he just needs to use it. 
And on this team, there are some veterans now, right? DeLon Wright, Landry Shamit, Samuel Gallinari, and Mike Muscala. I don't think we need to talk about them, but let's talk about this. Do you think that they're going to be flipped or kept for a vet presence? I feel like Dallin Wright, I feel like he's scrappy. He's a hustler. I feel like they should keep him. Danilo Gallinari, I'm not so sure about him because he's had injuries over the past. And we'll just see about him. And then Mike Muscala, he's not really the big you would want. He's kind of just a shooter. He's kind of just a stretch big. He doesn't really play right. defense. Speaking from a Lakers fan, he was on the Lakers in 2017. And he was just a shooter. Yeah, I mean... We've got actually uh, a few Lakers or a few former Lakers here. We've got um, Mike Muscala, Kyle Kuzma, and those guys. Um, and then the final two players I wanted to talk about on the Wizards were Ryan Rollins and Patrick Baldwin, the two young Warriors project player. And I wouldn't blame you if you don't know too much about them because I can't say I do either. I mean, they were hidden from the media for so long. Um, and really, I think that they both wanted that bigger role. But are they going to get that role on the Wizards? I mean, on the Wizards, looking at these depth rotations, it looks like they're pretty deep in. I don't even know if they're going to even get a chance to play in a lot of regular season games. Yeah, but Patrick Baldwin, I've seen him play against us. And he can definitely he can definitely shoot that thing from out there. Yeah. And I feel like if he develops that, kind of like Steph Curry, and then kind of take advantage of his height and his build i feel like he could be a good player but right now i don't really see that happening all right well i think that's all i think that's all we got for um talking about this wizards roster and next let's cover the in-season tournament all right max how about you lead us in and tell me a little about the in-season tournament? Thank you, Yash. So, the in-season tournament in Las, Vegas, in Las Vegas will provide players and teams with another competition to win, engage fans in a new way, and drive additional interest in the early portion of the regular season schedule. The games, outside of the championship, count against their regular season record. Players will play because, even in the in-season tournament, the games matter. Here is where it gets a little complex. The group and knockout stages of the tournament count against your record. All 30 teams have been randomly drawn into groups of five within their conference based on win-loss records from the 2022-23 regular season. Each team will play four designated group play games, one game against each opponent in its group, with two games at home and two on the road. The champion will receive a new trophy called the NBA Cup. Top performers such as MVP, Most Improved, Rookie of the Year will be recognized as well. All right, so that's a lot of information right off the bat. And honestly, before we talk about the knockout rounds, do you think that this is going to help? I feel like it could help players that aren't recognized to showcase their skills Mm -hmm. because this is an in-season tournament. I know the games count, but I feel like this could also be like a fun event, you know, kind of like the bubble. Yeah, but like... Really, are teams going to actually play their young players in these events? Because I kind of feel like teams are so worried about their record these days, and it is important. So, do you think that they're going to actually play their players? Well, it depends on some teams if they're secured in their spot or they're actually fighting. So, let's say the Hornets, they're probably not going to be that good this year. So, that would be their chance for, let's say, Brandon Miller or Terry Rozier to showcase their skills and maybe earn themselves a better spot on the team. 
and I think, but I think that for these being regular season games, I mean, some of this just seems kind of unfair. The Boston Celtics in their mat in their group of five, they have the Toronto Raptors, the Brooklyn Nets, the Chicago Bulls, and the Orlando Magic. Eesh, that's not that's not looking too great. I mean, the Celtics have such an easy way in, and they can win these games like with ease. So I do think that for the Celtics especially, and for some other fortunate teams, this will help their record a lot. Um, but for teams that are fighting, like even the Chicago Bulls are going to be fighting, but we know that they're not going to be able to win all these games against the Celtics. I mean, how do you think that's going to affect them? Well, they've played the Celtics before, and they haven't really done so good, but I feel like it's good. I think it's good that the Celtics are placing this because they will get the chance for other teams to play the Celtics, which are a very good team. And I think, in, well, at least this is what I think, that you pl- when you play better people, it makes you better. So you should, I think this is good for the Bulls and all the other teams that are play- facing the Celtics and their group. Alright, um, so now I'm going to go on to quickly cover the knockout rounds and then we'll get into our fun segment. So eight teams will advance to the knockout rounds and the teams with the best standings in the group play games, each of the six groups and the two wild cards, which would be the team from each conference with the best record in group play games that finish second in this group. Um, the knockout rounds will be single elimination games in the quarterfinals and the semifinals and the championship. The qualifying teams will be will compete for a prize pool of money in the new the new in-season tournament trophy, the NBA Cup. So, uh, I think that's all for our in-season tournament information. I do think that this is really helpful because it's it's kind of confusing, honestly. Um, what do you think about the in-season tournament, Max? I mean, just an overall view. What do you think this is going to help with or harm or anything? Well, I think it's kind of stupid, but it's also kind of it's fun for the crowd to watch. Well, first, I think it's dumb because first they added a playoff, like a play-in tournament on deciding like who would be the seventh seed or who would be the eighth seed. Now they're adding an in-season tournament just for like winning an award for winning an in-season tournament that only has like six games in it. Right. The good side of it is that this is new and it's not it doesn't hurt to try things out and i also feel like the crowd and the people watching could also have a fun time doing this because it's in vegas also yeah yeah i i completely agree with everything you said although i do think that the play-in tournament is pretty good in my opinion um but other than that i don't really like this idea of the in-season tournament but i think that at the end of the day we don't know if it's going to help or hurt because it is new and it's always good to try new things out Um, So, without further ado, let's get into our final segment. Alright, Max, are you ready for our final segment? We're building a small forward with only current small forwards, and no, they're not in their prime, although there is one guy who I wish he would be in his prime. But without further ado, let's get started. Do you want the first pick, or should I take it? You can take the first pick, Yash. Alright, so just to let everybody know, the categories are shooting, finishing, athleticism, rebounding, defense, build, passing, handles, and clutch. With the first pick, I already know who I'm taking. Obviously, LeBron James for passing. Okay, good pick. So, I will take Kawhi Leonard defense. Mm. Who else are you taking? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Jason Tatum shooting. 
All right, that that those are good picks. Uh, all right, let's see. I'm gonna get this guy off the board, and I think for my build, I need Scotty Barnes. And then I'm gonna take an underrated pick for rebounding. Give me Denny Avdia. He was top five in rebounding for small forwards last season. Interesting. Well, I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with RJ Barrett's finishing because I don't know if you've seen his highlights, but he gets up there and he can catch bodies. Yeah, that is true. And then with that finishing, I'm taking Andrew Wiggins' athleticism. Mm, that's a good combination. Speaking about finishing athleticism, give me Trey Murphy the third's finishing and the athleticism of Kenyon Martin Jr. Ooh, that is good. Dunk contest that- with those spry legs. That man is gonna be dunking on everybody. With my next two picks, I'm taking Rudy Gay's rebounding because he was actually he's actually third right now in current players for all-time rebounds. Mm. And then I'm taking Ben Simmons' build. I'm not sure if he counts as a small forward, but I'll let that one slide. All right. So now for my shooting, I will be taking Michael Porter Jr. And then this is going to be an interesting pick, I guess. For my handles, I'm going to be taking Andre Iguodala. I do think that Iguodala has sick handles. And like Rudy Gay, I mean, they were both good at one point, And I'm sure that they still got some of it now. Yes. For my next two picks, I'm picking Paul George's handles and Jimmy Butler's clutch. All right. All right, that's pretty good. Uh, for my defense... I think I want Mikael Bridges. I think that's the obvious pick here since you already took Kawhi Leonard. And then for my clutch, I'm going to be taking DeMar DeRozan. Oh, good picks, good picks. DeMar is definitely clutch. Yeah. Uh, my last pick, there's not many people. So I'm just going to take Keldon Johnson because he's kind of the main player for the Spurs right now. Yeah, so for his passing? Yes. All right, well... Let me just recap our players. For my shooting, I got MPJ, finishing, Trey Murphy III, athleticism, Kenya Martin Jr., rebounding, Denny Abdia, defense, Mikhail Bridges, my build is Scotty Barnes, my passing is LeBron James, my handles are Andre Iguodal, and my clutch is DeMar DeRozan. Why don't you recap yours, Max? Uh, my shooting, Jason Tatum, finishing, RJ Barrett, athleticism, Andrew Wiggins, rebounding, Rudy Gay, defense, Kawhi Leonard, build, Ben Simmons, my passing, Keldon Johnson, my handles, Paul George, and my clutch is Jimmy Butler. All right, well, that's a wrap on the NBA's Big 30. Thank you so much for coming over here, Max, and recording with me, and uh, I hope to see all of you guys next time on the NBA's Big 30.